Hi, my name is Laura, and um, this is Keeping It Wheel, and it basically is a podcast about life with a quad husband. And um, I wanted to do this mainly to talk to other caregivers slash spouses who their husbands have been injured, and now their whole life is turned upside down. And um, go through a little bit of our life and and, uh, let people in because I meet a lot of of people who are wondering what is life like with a quad and how does he do this and how does he do that. And it's amazing because it's my new life and it's my new normal. And um, I think it's very important to try to find your normal because normal is actually a very, how can I say it, a very unset word because your normal is not my normal. And so we create our own normals. And trying to get back to our new normal was a very long trip. It's been three years since his injury and we're still figuring out the ins and outs of life and home and kids and everything in between and if I could reach out to these caregivers and spouses who are struggling and they just don't know because when Edgar was first injured I didn't know anything about this injury I honestly thought a person who suffers a spinal cord injury will end up bedridden or dead that's all I knew about spinal cord injuries. I've never met anyone in my life with one. I've never came across anyone who was. And so having no knowledge of it or never been around anyone um, definitely gave me no preparation for our new life. And so I think opening ourselves up for this part of our life is always going to be hard. But if I could just help one person and let them know like it will be okay. And not only will it be okay, but you will get back to your life. Then I've done my part. Uh, a little bit about ourselves. I've been married to my husband, Edgar, who I call Chato. Um, he was in the military for eight years. And him and I have been married Uh, This year, December, will be 15 years. So we've been together for a long time. And um, he's always been a great person. And we love to travel and go on adventures and get into all kinds of shenanigans. And so our life together has always been full of adventure. In 2011, he decided not to re-enlist in the Marine Corps. And decided to go and work in the oil field as a supervisor which was an amazing job. It, it was great pay and it allowed me to actually stay home and finally be a stay-at-home mother to our daughter. And uh, on alongside of that, it kind of boosted me to really start putting time towards my business. And I'm photographer. I'm a photographer. I went to school for photography, so I didn't want my degree to go to waste. And so his schedule when he got out of the Marine Corps was he worked seven days on and was home for five days, which to some people was like, oh man, he was gone all the time. But 
coming from, he deployed every six months and was gone anywhere from nine to, to 11 months. Um, that was quite a bit of a change and it was refreshing. So the oil field provided us with, with a lot of, of cushion and, and a lot of comforts. And, um, for about a whole year while he was in the uh, oil field, we got the advice, hey, save up at least six months worth of living because the oil field can shut down at any time. We didn't know how unpredictable it was. And so we, we did what we were told and we worked for a whole year to save money and make sure that we had at least six months worth of living just in case. And, um, you know, honestly, you never really prepare for catastrophes never never did I ever prepare for a catastrophe but we prepared for a financial loss so when the accident happened that money we saved for a whole entire year that was supposed to last us six months and about three and a half months it was completely gone which boggled my head um, and so in 2011 uh, or in 2015, the oil field starts cutting people and laying everyone off and Edgar was cut in April. So in May, we decided, Hey, let's go live with out with his sister for temporarily he had put in an application to work, and don't quote me, but it's either the sheriff's department or the police department for San Antonio, Texas, which is where we've always wanted to live. We knew eventually we were going to make it to San Antonio. And in 2015, it forever is the year that changed our life. He, um, we arrive in Brownsville and we settle in and two weeks later he's in a Jeep rollover accident, which happened at a beach in Mexico and he fractures his neck. Now, when the doctor told me, I was like, oh, well, he fractured it. So did he die? Is he going to live? And they're like, no, he's still alive. He just broke his neck. And I think broke was a harsher word than fractured. In my mind, it made more sense. A broken neck was worse than a fractured neck, which at the end of the day, it's the same thing. That's how uneducated I was. This accident happened two weeks after we arrived in Brownsville and seven days after his birthday. Um, actually, I'm sorry, 10 days after his birthday. His birthday is May 7th and the accident happened May 17th. And talk about all these changes and then this catastrophe. It really, it shocked my system and I went into panic frozen mood and um so no one ever told me what to expect 
No one explained to me what the difference between a quadriplegic and a paraplegic. Um, no one educated me on things that were going to happen or change or what he was going to do or not able to do. No one. No one ever told me anything, but it's going to be okay. Um, if you hear me mention the word quad, it's referring to uh, quadriplegics, which um, we're used to just calling them quads and paras. Paras are paraplegics. Now, if you're wondering what the difference is, a quadriplegic has a fracture of a C C4 through C6. So basically the top parts of your neck. A paraplegic is paralyzed in the lower extremities and usually their injury is T1 and below, which is kind of like your mid back and below. Paraplegics have um, usage or yeah, their use of their hands. They can squeeze and grip and they can um, they have tricep and biceps. They have trunk, which is your midsection. And my husband, when when he talks, can go a little bit more over that because that's his world. I just kind of live in it, you know. Um, but I'm only explaining it as far as I know. And I am by no means an expert at any of this. I'm not a doctor. I'm not um, a nurse. And I'm not an expert. I'm not a spinal cord injury guru. This is all information of what we live and the life we live and explaining to people of what I know and what's helped us get along the way. So don't ever quote me on things. And I'll try to make sure that if I'm going to talk about it, that I prepare myself and have information if I need it to be accurate so I can talk to the doctor or the nurse and really kind of educate myself that way. So I'm going to try my hardest not to and definitely put a quote in there of, okay, don't quote me. Because I, like I said, I'm just a wife with a husband who has this injury. I didn't grow up in the, in the um, medical field. But um, so back to that, it's the quads are no guidelines are provided for that. Let's just start there because it's so crazy. You look it up and it's like quads can, can't do this and won't do this and can do this and will be this. And it, it's like pages and pages and thousands and thousands of things out there. And not one quad is the same as the other, even if they have the same injury in the same place, there are people out there that have C6, C7 fractures, which is what my husband had. Uh, a spinal cord compression is what it's called of C6 and C7. And their husbands can't feed themselves or even push themselves off the chair. My husband can't. As we have met other quads like him, same fracture, that actually can have tricep and bicep which they can push themselves often on the bed on often on the bed or often on their chair and actually some of them can walk very short distances so there is no specific guideline if you're a quad this is what's going to happen and all of them are that way so no it it doesn't vary by injury i think it varies more of the person and how long they had their medical um evaluated how much therapy they put into it how much 
their willingness to keep trying, I think it affects everything. So when I talk about my husband, it's not a generalization of what quads are like. It's more of a generalization of just my life with him. Um, and definitely, you know, having kids, it <laughs> it adds to this life. It definitely puts a different perspective because kids don't see it the way we do. They're just like, why don't you just throw the ball or why don't you just do this or why don't you just get up? And it's like, no, they're very innocent that to them it's an easy solution to our problems. But it also complicates things because I have to spread myself to three directions all at one time. You know, there are times when I have to tell my kids, no, I can't help you right now. Hold on, I got to I got to help dad or hang on. I got to I got to, you know, dad needs me real quick. But it's a lot of now he gets to spend more quality time with them than he ever has and sometimes probably more than he ever imagined he would or wants to. Um he's definitely has a different relationship with them than I think he would have had if he continued being in the oil field and he was just always gone. Um, so anyway, if you ever hear me refer to quad and paras, that's what I'm referring to, a quadriplegic or a paraplegic. If you wanted it more, you can always Google it and just kind of get a generalization of what the differences are. And um, so when the accident happened, um, the changes that came along with it were just catastrophic in my world um we had to give back our home we had to give back our cars and our his motorcycle to the banks um we went into really horrible uh financial distress and it was a rough rough year the first year was rough the first three weeks were rough because you know, when the next month comes, our bills didn't stop and people didn't care. Well, not people, but companies, they don't, they just want you to pay them and they don't care if you've had this catastrophic um, event happen. And so it definitely took a really big toll, but at the same time, it took a big part of me to kind of say, okay, okay, I need to put my big girl panties on and keep on moving like I can't just stop and cry and be depressed and stop at all that because I still had two little children two little human beings that needed my attention because at the time my son was only three and my daughter was just was four about to turn five so they were little they were tiny and they didn't understand what happened we were at the beach and all of a sudden dad was not there and I'm not there they didn't know what was going on and um, as we get through this podcast uh, that I'm going to try to post about once a week, uh, probably around this time, either Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, and just kind of give people an insight of what it really is like to do a daily anything um, with this injury and where we started and where we're at now, um, my husband will come and join me on some of these. Again, like I tell you guys, he's really busy. He's a pretty awesome quad. And um, dealing with like the changes and the hardships and the headaches and the good with also the bad, how we got through it and um, 
you know, whatever he feels like talking about, because he can give you a straightforward perspective where I can only give you a caregiver perspective. Because as his life changed completely and far more than I ever will know, well, so did mine. And not once, you know, we were always told everything's going to be fine, you're going to be fine. But never once did anyone ever say to me, you're going to get back to a normal and it's going to be your new normal. And that, I think, would have made all the difference. Um, And then I also may let the kids talk and just do a random podcast and ask them questions and see what they think. And I've actually been curious. I don't really ask them. They kind of just tell me randomly, but kind of get a perspective on what life was like for them because their life changed as well. And um, one of those podcasts, I'll probably bring on two other really close friend of mine that I love dearly. Now, I love all of my friends because they're all dear to my heart. But these two women are very and particularly important because they were there. One of them was there when the injury happened because our husbands were both in the hospital together. And the other one, I we met her afterwards. And she's been with her uh, significant other for over 10 years. And she met him after he got injured. So... It's they're both paras. They're both para husbands, and uh, I call us the para quad squad um, because we're always together and we are all trouble. But and honestly, they have made the difference of me keeping my sanity since his injury because it just it's one of these situations where, um, let me put it relatable. You have kids. And you're having kid problems like you're staying up really late at night because your kid didn't go to bed. And when they finally did, it was four in the morning and you had to get up at six to take the other kid to school. And so now you're zombified because you've only had one and a half or three hours of sleep. And then you're laying down your head because kid one is baby is still asleep and it wakes up and you haven't had any sleep. You're you're hungry. You're deprived of any socializing and you try to explain these problems to a person who hasn't had kids they can't relate to you they'll sympathize with you and they might laugh at you a little bit um they'll probably buy you coffee and something sweet and try to take over for you for a few hours just so you can sleep but if you talk to a person who's never had kids they can't understand you And it's kind of like that. It's kind of um, that relatable topic where you want to relate to a person who has a quad husband or a para husband. But if you don't have one, then there's really not an understanding of how it really works. Like a lot of the times people are asking me, well, if he's a quad and can't, physically use his hands or feet you lift him to get him in bed and I've said yes a few times because a little information about me I am five three and a half and that half counts I'm five three and a half and I am a hundred and I'd say 45 pounds and my husband is five eleven at 
a whopping 245 pounds. He's 100 pounds bigger than me. So people look at me and they're like, "There's how do you lift him? And I'm like, oh, it's easy. I just do it like this, like this. And I put my hands here and I just put him in bed. And the faces that I get, the shocking of, <gasps> you lift him. And I'm like, I crossfit. And then I'm like, just kidding. I don't do any of that. Um, I have a lift. And then they think, whoa, a crane. And I'm like, no, well, it kind of works like that. But it's not a crane. It just, and you can't explain it. Like if I was to try to physically explain it to you now, unless you've seen one, then you don't know what to think. Like you kind of would make up your own drawing in your head. And so it's kind of, it's got a lot of good and bad points to be a wife of a quad um we definitely laugh a lot and mostly at his expense and we're always getting into some kind of adventure um like for example we couldn't use the lift because the battery died so i literally had to push him onto the bed and when when a quad falls it's like dead weight so he can't physically move his legs i have to physically move his legs so things like that and we've learned quite a bit from those you know trust falls onto the bed um as i called them you know and um just to kind of let couples know hey it can get better you just you have to roll with the punches i guess and um keeping it real is all about that it's keeping it real keeping it to the truth of what it's like to to be in this life um not sugarcoating it not um not pretending that you come home and it's perfect picture because it's not and i think that's the hardest part is letting people into that part of your life on any life on any level and especially me because i'm not a person to like to talk about things that happen in my house because it's it's my my house but what changed my mind is meeting people in different conferences or summits or just random people stopping me in the streets and everyone just wondering what and where and how and how and what I get a lot of what really and it it didn't hit me hard until I talked to someone a wife who was going through a really hard time because she just had a baby And her baby was probably about six months. Her husband was injured. And she just kind of saw me and my kids and realized my husband was a quad. And she stopped me and asked me a question. And it was simple questionings of how does this and what do we do and how do I this and how do you manage your house. And and I felt like if I could help this woman to realize, yes, it's going to be hard, but you can make it. Um, Since his injury... He goes to college. He goes to the uh, to a therapy gym. He goes to um, sporty sporting events like hunting. Yes, he can hunt even though he's a quad. He can drive all without me, even though he's a quad. Trust me, some of the shocking things you're shocked about, I was too because I didn't know. I didn't know quads could drive. I didn't know that there could be a van in front or behind me that possibly is housing a drivable quad. Like, they, they're they there. You don't know it because it you just never know. Um, a lot of people do get driven, which is fine. 
Um, but my husband is very independent driven and he, um, he just wanted to drive. He wanted to get into a truck and we did, we worked really hard through, um, some hard months and it was one of those life goals that I had at the time for him. And that's the thing is this injury, you either try really hard or you stay where you're at. And if I could just reach out to just one person and they get anything from anything I say, then I've done what I'm, I've sought out to do for a very long time. Um, and I'm trying not to keep it boring or sad. By no means don't ever feel sorry for us, even though I know it's hard to hear when a person says, yeah, we hit this catastrophic thing and we had to give back our house to the bank and we had to give back our car to the loans and we had to give back our motorcycle and we had to lose everything. But if you rebuild yourself from that, then I think you've done more for you than and your family than just staying where you're at and not wanting to get ahead. And it's same thing for him. Um, he could just be flopped on the bed and not care and given up. Instead, he showed me like, no, I want to I wanna do as much as I can for myself without you. And it's taken us time. It's not something that, you know, for example, when I had my C-section in six weeks, I was, you know, I, I left the hospital in five days and they you know, basically we're like, okay, this is what you do and you don't do. Come back in six weeks. And then I was fine. And spinal cord injuries don't work that way. Like you think, hey, um, this person is injured. And I, I honestly thought he was going to walk again. And I'm like, what, in a year he'd walk? And it, it, these doctors would look at me as if I was crazy. Like, Are you serious right now? Are you asking me if a quad's going to walk again? And I'm like, yes, is he going to walk? And of course, they're always going to, I don't think doctors are mean or or um, insensitive. I think they're just, their minds are wired to be not theoretical, but this is fact. And they just give us worst case scenarios. So we prepare ourselves for that. And if something different comes out of that, then it's a victory. So... I was told, like, no, he's never going to walk. He's never going to do this. He's never going to do that. And he's actually passed quite a bit. He's not up to walking yet. But, hey, the way that modern medicine is moving and modern technology, I foresee that he will get to walk again with that willpower of him of himself as well. And, um, you know, it's been a journey that I think I'm at that point where I'm ready to tell our story because there are going to be hard subjects and there are going to be moments where you'll hear me pause to keep myself from crying or remembering what that feeling was. But most of the time it'll be lighthearted and I'll try to keep it as funny and joyful and, you know, lighthearted as possible without making it so sad because by no means I don't want people feeling sorry for me, as I mentioned. I don't want people feeling sorry for us at all. Um, and I don't feel sorry for us. I don't feel sorry for him. And I don't mean that in a bad way. But he could have died. He could have died. A C6, C7 fracture, he could have died. And um, just imagine like the C6 vertebrae was sitting 
right next to his friend, C7. They were side by side. That's how he fractured his head, his uh, neck. I mean, they were, he had vertebrae that were, that almost looked like Tetris stacked next to each other. It was just, that's where it was. And um, seeing it in a different perspective of, you know, I don't feel sorry for him because he didn't, he didn't die. And he needs to fight and keep going and not give up because that's all this injury is, is you either not try and stay where you're at or you keep going and things will come back and work out and you find a way. And it's I always told him, you can find a way to do something. You're just going to do it differently than what you did before. And I think it's hard for him because he can't do things that he knows were so easy to do back when he had his hands and his legs. So with that, um, I feel that you guys kind of have an idea of where we're coming from. And I will touch bases on more personal things and um, especially life with these kids. <laughs> Because they definitely keep this injury lighthearted, but it, it's a little complicated to try to juggle my time and split myself in four, di three different ways. And on top of that, have enough time to give myself the time to breathe and have space. But I've been able to do that. And I think that's very selfless of my husband to be, you know what? Yeah, take an extra nap. Or there are times when something medically happened that I had to... Um, stay up at night and help him and get up at six o'clock and take the kids to school and I come back and I'm like I'm so tired I can't keep my eyes open and he very generously is like you know what I don't have nothing to do today I'll stay in bed I'll wake you up at nine and sometimes that's all I need and for him to be selfless like that and not be me 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 I I I is very refreshing and along this podcast, um, you know, we'll go through like tips and tricks of what has helped us, what definitely were fails, because we've had quite a bit of those. And through those fails, we found a way to do the the more advanced things that we get to do now, like transferring. Um, I can go through products. By no means am I sponsored by any of these companies. Um, no one tells me to talk about their products. It's just more things that we use and helped us along the way. And uh, maybe I'm working on doing a video a month and putting it on YouTube and kind of going through one product that has helped or has made my life easier as a caregiver because when you leave the hospital, it's kind of like leaving the hospital with a baby. They tell you all the stuff that's out there. And even then, they don't know everything that's out there because products come out all the time. And as a new parent, you don't know anything. And so you leave the hospital with whatever they give you and you freak out when you get home because you realize you're not prepared at all. Um, and so that is kind of like this life, not that I'm comparing them to a baby, but... I have nothing else to compare it to. So 
yeah, going through products that we started out with that was basically our get ready to go home package and whatever was taught to us in the hospital because the nurses at the VA were just amazing. And um, they helped me step by step to do things so that when I got home, I felt prepared. And even then I got home and I still didn't feel like I knew anything. And of course, I'm not a medical person. I'm going to say that over and over. I'm not an expert and I'm making this up as we go. Not the podcast, but this caregiving thing. I know my husband has fired me quite a bit of times, but he hires me back again within a few hours. Um, I've messed up quite a bit. I've learned though. I've learned not to do certain things medically um, because then, you know, that's going to happen. So, I've learned shortcuts, which part of my tips and tricks. And so hopefully I get one video a month out to you guys and show you how I put them in bed or how do I take them a shower or what is out there for showers um, because there are different systems. Um, how does he go to the bathroom? How do you guys do it when you guys road trip? You know, who drives the truck? How does he drive the truck? And it's really amazing. It's an amazing journey. And I hope that I can only sit here and let you see a little bit of insight on what it is like to be a caregiver to your spouse and um, what life is like with an, in, an injury of a spinal cord injury of C6, C7 and have kids. How do you go about your everyday life? Are you guys just stuck at home or do y'all leave? And is your husband afraid to be alone with him and them? And do you leave them alone with your kids? Do, do you trust him or do you get worried? These are literally questions that I have had many times ask me. And, you know, when I first initially tell somebody my husband broke his neck, it's it's become so normal that it's like he broke his neck and people every time I get <gasps> and it's crazy and in the mix of all that um, I'm trying to get back into the photography field and trying to get a little business going and starting that and and having everything in between and it's been very uh, exhausting but if I don't put that time into it, then it's never going to happen. And I have to figure out a way and a system that's going to work for me. So with that, I'm ending it. And, and I hope you guys have a y'all. I like to say y'all a lot. I hope you all have a great evening. And um, hopefully you guys come back and listen. And I will put out a podcast here in the next week and enjoy the rest of your week goodbye so this is keeping it wheel